G'day. Welcome to the Far North Leadership Podcast. My name is Jeff, and in each episode of the podcast, I'm going to interview a leader from the beautiful city of Cairns in Far North Queensland. It's called the Far North Leadership Podcast for that simple reason, because it features leaders from the Far North. So I'll interview people from a variety of different sectors. You know, I believe that we can grow as leaders simply by listening to and learning from each other. I don't know about you, but every time I meet a leader or I overhear a leadership conversation, it helps me grow. So I encourage you to settle in and listen up and you'll have the opportunity to learn from a guest in every single episode. In this episode, I interview Angela Harding. Angela is the Executive Officer of Cairns Street Chaplains, a volunteer organisation that's making a difference to the nightlife of Cairns. Angela coordinates teams who patrol the nightclub district being a supportive presence when good nights go bad. I spent time with Angela recently here in Cairns. Welcome, Angela. Thank you. Could you start by telling us one of your favourite stories about the success of Cairns Street Chaplains? Um, well, Cairns Street Chaplains, are, we're a group of um, Christians that go out on the street in the middle of the night and we care for drug and alcohol intoxicated people. And um, we make no apology for the fact that we're Christians, but we're not there to push our faith at all. So my favourite story is one night we had a young American tourist who came up to the water table where we're handing out cups of water and he saw we had a bottle there with Jesus loves you a little slogan on the bottle and he was quite disparaging when he saw it he said oh you guys are Christians oh and he said if we were back in the States you'd be telling us that we were bad and we needed to stop getting drunk and um and, and he just was quite negative but then he watched us for a while and after a while he said you're actually doing something to help, aren't you? You're, um, and then he said, you're really the best of what it means to be a Christian. And he said one more thing. He said, I reckon if Jesus were here, he'd be doing something like this. And that just captured what we do, what we want to do, what we want to portray. Mm, that's awesome. Very encouraging for you guys, but yeah, that really encapsulates it. That's fantastic. We'll come back to Ken Street Chaplains, but let yes. me first ask uh, about you and your leadership. When did you first realise that you were a leader? That's an interesting question because I don't really think I did realise I was a leader. Um, but looking back, when I was 12, I lived in England and I was in my first year of high school and I was voted to be class captain. And I can remember being absolutely <laughs> flabbergasted. Why would they want me to be class captain? And I kind of dismissed it. I thought, oh, well, it's because I've got a funny accent and I'm a bit different. But looking back, I realized that in situations in life where someone needs to step up, I've always been willing to do it, to, to do that. And people have looked to me and I have always been happy to take the lead. There you go. So you haven't necessarily sought after it. You've just always been happy to where there yeah. was a gap to step yeah, in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's cool. But uh, but haven't didn't necessarily realize that that made you a leader, just realize you're willing to take exactly. that role. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. What about as a concept leadership? What does leadership mean to you? Um, as a concept, this is a learning thing for me, but the concept of a shepherd is something that really is, is an important visual picture for me. Um, I especially think about a shepherd in olden times, you know, calmly and gently, um, with quiet authority, caring for his flock. 
Um, and the shepherd could either be in the middle of the flock, could be right at the front of the flock, could be at the back of the flock. And the sheep follow the shepherd because they want to, not because they have to. So that's a really important concept for me. Um, I've got more concepts though. I, I see leadership is kind of like a rock um, because leadership's about stability. And when others might panic or might flounder or, yeah, just not be that solid, uh, the leader is there, calm under pressure. And a leader is the one that can instill confidence in the team. But unlike a rock, it doesn't mean that a leader um, lacks flexibility. Um, I think good leadership is about being willing to be very vulnerable, very flexible, very vulnerable. And the other concept I have of leadership is a well. Um, because I think leadership is about being able and being willing to go deep, going into hidden places, going to depths. Um, and leaders need to have a wealth of resources to be able to do that. Um, now for me, that includes God, um, but it also includes the team, going deep with the team. And that is something that I'm really working on and really learning to really listen to my team so that I know not just myself, but I also know my team. And I know not just my own strengths and weaknesses, but I know the strengths and weaknesses of my team. And being really able to trust my team in their strengths and weaknesses, and for them to be able to trust me. So, concepts, shepherd, um, a rock, a well. That's great. Most people, when they answer that question, go to like a little summary statement or, or an <laughs> ambiguous idea. But I love the the visuals uh, yeah. and the analogies. Yeah, that's really cool. It's a bit unusual for me too. I'm normally not creative. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really good because I think as a leader, often we can get uh, confused or, or lose our way or feel like we're a bit adrift, you know, and to remind ourselves, how am I supposed to be acting in this situation? So to have those visuals in mind, to yeah. go, I need to be a rock in this situation or I need to be a shepherd is really helpful to come back to yeah. as opposed to you know a, a motto or a mantra or a, a quote or something uh, mm. for me anyway visuals work so yeah that's yeah. really great let's come back to Ken Street Chaplains then and bring those things together what does leadership look like on the ground for you with Ken Street Chaplains um, the first thing for me is being able to provide a clear vision for my team so I've got to make sure I know what we're about and why we're about it and I need to be able to um, convey that to my team. And part of that means me knowing it and me living it, um, and then providing really good training and equipping for my team. It means giving direction when the team needs direction and also means encouraging people and helping them to grow in skill and confidence. And I've got a couple of examples mm -hmm. of where yeah. I um, have been working on this. One is with one of the, the team that was had been part of it has been part of the team for quite a while and I was really trying to encourage her to take little steps of growing in confidence and so we had one situation where I was paired with her and we came to a, to a, a client that needed help and I said I'm going to let you take the lead but as she came to the client she was really struggling so instead of taking over which is what I might have done in the past I whispered to her okay what do we do now remember, this is what we do, so now you need to do this and ask them this. And, and so I talked her through what was happening. And as I was doing this, one of the client's friends looked to me and said, is she just learning? <laughs> and I at first thought, oh, that's not good. 
Um, but then I thought, well, that happens actually. I see it with paramedics with the Queensland Ambulance Service. When they have a young paramedic, you often see a more senior one talking them through what to be doing. And I thought that's actually part of my role as a leader, not to step in and take over, but to enable my team member to be able to do, to do the job. And, and a second one just happened last weekend with one of the team members who I said to him, right, I want you to talk to the client's parents and explain what's, hand over duty of care basically. What she started to do, and he, he did that, I, I left him to do it, but later he, he just said to me, Angela, I've forgotten the third thing. What am I supposed to say? What's the third thing? So I was able to talk him through the one, two, three, and then he was able to go back to the client's parents and, and do that handover. Mm, that's great, really coaching them rather than taking over. Yes. Um, yeah, it's that uh, transition point, I guess, with delegating where, you know, they can watch you do it and then they need to be able to do it, but there's that transition point where you help them do it or watch them do it. Yes, yeah. and that's a really big learning curve for me. Mm, yeah, those practical skills, I guess, very much sit in the, the shepherd side of the analogy, don't they? That's right. Um, yeah, how a shepherd would operate with you know, other shepherds, it's training, yeah, yeah. let alone the sheep. And let me ask you a question off the cuff uh, about what it's like to work with volunteers. Because yes. I think in your working life, you've had some involvement leading staff members, but, um, but also leading volunteers. What are the different dynamics uh, and the joys and challenges of, of leading volunteers? Um, the wonderful thing for me about leading volunteers is you know that their motivation is not the paycheck at the end. So you know that they've got a different motivation. And when we are a not-for-profit organisation like Cane Street Chaplains, um, it's wonderful to know that people are doing it with a heart motivation. So I would say it's a real advantage in that sense to be working with volunteers. The disadvantage is people are very busy. And so to be able to really ensure that all our volunteers are trained to a certain level uh, can be a challenge because I can say all I like, this training's compulsory, but if people have a work meeting to go to, they'll go to the work mm. meeting. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the challenges. But yeah, I like mm. that motivation. That's a good point because not everyone that you pay is necessarily motivated by the right things. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Um, how about for you personally? Can you think about one of the best leaders that you've ever known? Yeah. Um, the best leader I know is the Good Shepherd, Jesus. Um, and as I've been looking at examples of the way that Jesus interacts with people in the Bible, what I love about him and what I need to learn from him is he doesn't ever shy away from the hard stuff. He's always very firm and very clear with people, but he's always very gentle with them. And that's something that I really need to learn um, from him. Um, he's also really confident in his own abilities, but he's always dependent on his father. And so it's one thing to know your own abilities, but we also need to realise that things happen that are out of our control, and that's something I need to learn as well. He's a fantastic listener, and he's really insightful and measured, I think, in his interactions with people. He doesn't fly off the handle when he's dealing with people. Um, and then you look at Jesus' um, team around him, and you can see that they really trusted him and with good cause. Um, so, yeah, I would say that he's one of the best leaders that I know. Mm. Pretty high standard and very inspiring as a leader. Hey? Mm. Um, you talked about challenges, things that are out of your control. What are, what are um, some of the hardest things or the hardest thing about leadership for you? Um, well, the hardest thing for me is my dealing with my own personality and overcoming my own personality because my tendency is to crucialize things. 
What do you mean by that? What what I mean Mm. is that I tell myself that it's crucial that we get this perfectly right. I tell myself it's crucial because our professionalism is under threat, our competency or our best practice is under threat, our reputation in the community is at stake if we don't do this absolutely perfectly. Um, And I also tell myself time is of the essence. It's vital that we do this immediately. So we do it perfectly and we do it immediately. Um, And, you know, I can often justify that by saying the client needs an ambulance now. But that's not being a good leader or that doesn't um, reveal itself as good leadership because what I will then tend to do is I will tend to take control over a situation if I feel that the team isn't doing it as efficiently or as quickly as I would like them to. And so that is a real challenge for me. Mm. I guess in the story you told before of coaching the team members, you're, you're balancing out two things which could be crucialized, the, the care for the client or the care for the, the client's parents, but also the training and development of that leader. So you're kind of holding those two things in tension that they're both crucial, but rather than crucialize one above the other, yeah. you're able to hold them in tension. Yeah. Yeah, that's difficult. For you, when you crucialize things, does that, turn, does that motivate you to work harder or does it put too much pressure on yourself? Um, it just means that I'm not the best leader I can be because mm. I'm trying to do things on my own and in my own strength. So I realize I'm not getting the best out of the team. I'm not, yeah, mm. I'm being more of a manager, I guess, than a leader. Mm. Yeah. And have you seen growth in yourself over the last 10 years? How are you different? Uh, definitely. I- I'm able to stand outside of myself often and coach myself through this is not vital. We can wait one minute or two minutes before calling an ambulance. Or, as in the situation with the person that I was talking through, coaching through, I can see that that actually is making her a better street chaplain and the end result is a perfectly efficient, competent outcome. So um, I'm, I'm learning to, to be able to do that with myself. I'm also, I think I'm a better listener than I used to be and I still do struggle sometimes to listen well to people. But also, as I get to know my team better, what I'm realizing is my priority might be efficiency or expediency. Somebody else in the team, their priority might be compassion. (laughs) And if I can be very honest, maybe what's needed in that situation is a bit more compassion and a bit less efficiency. So um, it's being able to see that together we make a better team than me working on my own, trying yeah. to do it on my own. That's great, that's a, a, a great realization. When you realize things like that that seem so obvious, it makes you wonder how you were an effective leader for, for so many years beforehand. <laughs> but hey, we're all constantly learning and growing, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we can have grace and forgiveness for each other along the way. That's awesome. So uh, when you're going to sleep at night and reflecting on your day, what constitutes a good day for you as a leader? Uh, the other way around. When I go to sleep in the day, uh, oh, reflecting yes, after on my night's... after my night's work. Good point. Um, what con- constitute constitutes a good night for me is that we have actually worked together as a team and we've drawn on each other's strengths. So it's not a good night for me if I feel that I have taken over. Um, and I actually have an example of we do a debrief at the end of a shift where there are four of us working together. And one night we had to give an example of something good that we saw in the other person that we were working with. And the person that I was working with said, oh, it was great working with Angela because she just took control. (laughs) 
he thought that that was a compliment. It was actually not a compliment for me. And I was out on the street with him last week. And as a debrief at the end of the night, he said, we worked really well together. That's a good night for me when we work really well together. And even more than seeing us working together really well as a team, it's a great night for me if I can see God in what's happened throughout the night. So if I can see him in action in the way that we care for people on the streets, and if they have seen Jesus in us, that's an amazing night. Mm-hmm. And that happened to me actually on last Friday night. Um, I've just come back from holidays and I, I said to God, I really want a bit of encouragement. You know, it's hard work doing what I'm doing every week. And at two o'clock in the morning, I was sitting on the footpath with an intoxicated lady and just listening to her story and just chatting with her. And she looked at me and she said, you know, you were made to do this. I can see the passion in your eyes. And that is a good night for me. Mm, That's awesome. If people would like to connect with Ken Street Chaplains or find out more, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, they can either do it by email, and our email address is canstreetchaplains at gmail.com, or they can go to our website, which is canstreetchaplains.org.au. Okay, and we'll make sure we link to that website, especially uh, in the notes for this podcast. Thank you so much, Angela. My pleasure. Thank you. Wow. Angela is passionate about what she does. It's been so good to see Ken Street Chaplains grow over the years and to see Angela bring more strength, consistency and results to the organisation. And I particularly loved her visual in our interview, the images of the role of a leader being like a shepherd and a rock and a well. I think that's so helpful for leadership. I think that's helpful for me. Hope you enjoyed this interview too. This is the final episode of season one of the Far North Leadership Podcast, so you can go back and listen to any of the six episodes in this season. Now, my plan is to continue in season two next year with 12 brand new interviews with leaders from all sorts of roles around Cairns. So if you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting app, those new episodes will pop up whenever a new one is released next year. And if you find these helpful or interesting, please pass them on to a friend or a colleague, or maybe you'd even like to leave us a review on your podcasting app. I'm looking forward to bringing you more inspiring and helpful interviews in season two.